الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فلذن أذكار الخروج إلى الصلاة ودخول المسجد والخروج منه أذكار الخروج إلى الصلاة ودخول المسجد والخروج منه The supplications for going out to the prayer and entering the mosque and exiting from it. The supplications for when you go out to the prayer and then entering the mosque and exiting the mosque. Thabata fi sahih. مسلم من حديث عبد الله ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما It is established in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas رضي الله عنهما in صحيح مسلم أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خرج إلى الصلاة وهو يقول that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم exited to the prayer and he was saying اللهم اجعل في قلبي نورا وفي لساني نورا واجعل في سمعي نورا واجعل في بصري نورا واجعل من خلفي نورا ومن أمامي نورا واجعل من فوقي نورا ومن تحتي نورا اللهم اعطني نورا That, O oh Allah, make light in my heart and light upon my tongue and light in my hearing and light in my seeing and light behind me and light in front of me and light above me and light below me. O oh Allah, give me light. This is the dua that is mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to say as he would go out towards the mosque for the prayer. All of this dua you can see it is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for light. Light in your heart, in your tongue, in your hearing, in your seeing. 
light behind you, in front of you, above you, below you, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this light in everything, that you be enlightened in all of your affairs. And this is a very appropriate dua to make when going out to the prayer. It's a very appropriate dua to be making when going out to the prayer. Because in another hadith in Sahih Muslim also, it mentions that the prayer itself is light. وَالصَّلَاةُ nur. And the prayer is light. So we've been told the prayer is light. When you're leaving now, going towards the mosque for the prayer, it is therefore very suitable that you're asking Allah for light also. فَالصَّلَاةُ نُورٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِ فِي دُنْيَا هُوَ فِي قَبَرِهِ وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ the prayer is light for a Muslim in this world and in his grave and in the afterlife. The prayer is light for a believer in this world, in the grave, in the afterlife. And it is mentioned in another hadith narrated by an Imam, or reported by an Imam Ahmad, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ حَافَظَ عَلَيْهَا كَانَتْ لَهُ نُورًا وَبُرْهَانًا وَنَجَاتًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَمَنْ لَمْ يُحَافِظْ عَلَيْهَا لم يكن له نور ولا برهان ولا نجاة يوم القيامة. Whomsoever guards over the prayer, then he will have light and evidence, proof and salvation on the day of judgment. Whoever guards over his prayer, then he will have light and evidence, proof, and salvation on the day of judgment. But whomsoever does not guard over the prayer, then he will not have light, he will not have proof, evidence, and he will not have salvation, he will not be saved. On the day of judgment. وَأَنْ يَجْعَلَهُ مُحِيطًا بِهِ مِنْ جَمِيعِ جَوَانِبِهِ Therefore, because it is mentioned in all of these narrations about the prayer being light, 
then it is very appropriate and suitable that a Muslim be asking for light on his way to that prayer which is light also. And that a Muslim be asking Allah to increase his light within him and the light around him. Then that is the dua to be said on your way to the mosque. Then when a person arrives at the mosque, arrives at the masjid, ثُمَّ إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمُ يُسْتَحَبُّ لَهُ إِذَا دَخَلَ الْمَسْجِدِ أَنْ يَقُولُ That a Muslim when he arrives and enters the mosque, then it is recommended that you say, Bismillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, Allahumma ftahli abwaba rahmatika. Bismillah, in the name of Allah. And then, as-salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, the peace and praise and salutations upon the Prophet sallallahu اللهم افتح لي أبواب رحمتك أو الله open up for me the doors to your mercy open up for me the doors of your mercy and similarly you can say أعوذ بالله العظيم وبوجهه الكريم وَسُلْطَانِهِ الْقَدِيمِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ That can also be added. But the initial dua, Bismillah, وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ اللَّهُمَّ افْتَحْ لِي أَبْوَابَ رَحْمَتِكَ Oh Allah, open up for me the doors to your mercy. Then as you exit, when you finish and you're gonna be leaving the mosque now, then Ida Haraja Yaqul Bismillah was salatu was salamu ala rasulillah Allahumma inni as aluka min fadlika Allahumma simni min a shaytanir rajim. That, O oh Allah, I ask you from your virtue, O oh Allah, protect me from Shaitan the accursed. O oh Allah, I ask you from your virtue, protect me from the Shaitan the accursed. That is what you ask Allah for as you exit the mosque, as you leave the masjid. That is the dua that you would make. It is mentioned from the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu anhu, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل المسجد قال 
that the Prophet وسلم, when he entered the mosque he would say Bismillah Allahumma salli ala Muhammad and then when he exited he would say وَإِذَا خَرَجَ غَالْ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى مُحَمَّدِ That is what we saw. Because when you enter you say بِسْمِ اللَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ Then اللهم افتح لي أباب رحمتك. Same when you exiting بِسْمِ اللَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ And then اللهم إني أسألك من فضلك then it carries on after the salutations and the prayers upon the Prophet And that is taken from this narration where it mentions how the Prophet stipulated that when entering the mosque and when exiting the mosque to send those prayers and salutations upon the Prophet Similarly, in the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أنه قال إذا دخل أحدكم المسجد فليسلم على النبي that when one of you enters the mosque then send your prayers upon the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the salutations upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Then say وَلْيَقُلْ اللَّهُمَّ افْتَحْ لِي أَبْوَابَ رَحْمَتِكَ Oh Allah, open for me the doors to your mercy وَإِذَا خَرَجَ And when a person exits فَلْيُسَلِّمْ عَلَى النَّبِي And similarly send the salutations upon the Prophet Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin Allahumma salli Oh, wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah Then say Allahumma a'simni min ash-shaytan Oh, Allah protect me from the shaytan So as you're going in Bismillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah And then Allahumma aftah li abwaba rahmati When you're exiting Bismillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah And then اللهم إني أسألك من فضلك اللهم أعصمني من الشيطان الرجيم So in both instances you say اللهم or you say بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله first then you add on the other parts In another hadith of أبو حميد عن أبي أسيد Either from Abu Humaid or Abi Usaid Radiallahu anhuma They said or one of them said That the messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Iza dakhala ahadukumul masjida falyaqul When one of you enters the mosque then say Allahumma aftah li abwaba rahmatika Oh Allah, open for me the doors to your mercy. وَإِذَا خَرَجَ فَلْيَقُلْ And when he exits, then he says, 
اللهم إني أسألك من فضلك أو الله I ask you from your virtue رواه مسلم وعن عبد الله ابن عمر ابن العاص رضي الله عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه كان إذا دخل المسجد قال that the Prophet ﷺ, when he entered the mosque, he would say, أعوذ بالله العظيم وبوجهه الكريم وسلطانه القديم من الشيطان الرجيم فإذا قال ذلك قال الشيطان حفظ مني سائر اليوم Because when a person says that, then the shaytan, he says, that this person has been protected from me for the rest of the day. That dua, a protection for a person for the rest of the day. وَهَذَا مَجْمُوعُ مَا وَرَدَ مِمَّا يُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمُ أَنْ يَقُولَهُ عِنْدَ دُخُولِ الْمَسْجِدِ وَعِنْدَ الْخُرُوجِ مِنْهُ So these are all of the du'as that have been mentioned for a person to say when entering the mosque and when exiting the mosque and when going towards the mosque. When it says, إِذَا دَخَلَ الْمَسْجِدِ and إِذَا خَرَجَ مِنَ الْمَسْجِدِ that he would say this du'a when entering the mosque and when exiting the mosque, then that means whilst you are doing that. Not that you say this dua before you step in, or that you say this dua after you come in. Start saying it as you're walking in. As you are now stepping inside, you start saying it. And the same with the other one. As you step outside, when you start stepping, then you start saying it. Not that you wait till you get outside, then say it. Or you say it all inside, then walk out. As you're walking out, say it. And as you're walking in, say it. So it is not to be said before or after. It's during. During when you're walking in and during when you're walking out, then you say these du'as. Why do we say, Oh Allah, open up for me the doors to your mercy as you are entering the mosque? لَعَلَّ ذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ الدَّاخِلِ طَالِبٌ لِلْآخِرَةِ Maybe that's because a person who is entering the mosque is seeking the afterlife. You are seeking the afterlife by coming to the masjid and worshipping and praying. You are seeking after the afterlife. وَالرَّحْمَةُ أَخَصُّ مَطْلُوبٍ لَهُ And so seeking the mercy of Allah is the most specific thing that you need. وَالْخَارِجْ طَالِبٌ لِلْمَعَاشْ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَهُوَ الْمُرَادْ بِالْفَضْلِ But when you're exiting, then you're exiting out to the world, the worldly affairs. And that's why you ask Allah from His virtue to aid you and protect you in your worldly affairs from the shaitan, etc. 
And as you're entering though, you're asking for mercy, mercy from Allah to enter you into paradise. So those are the two du'as when entering and when exiting the masjid and also when approaching the masjid. So now imagine that you have <coughs> come into the masjid <coughs> that you have now come into the masjid and the adhan is occurring that is the next chapter now what do you say if you hear the adhan and in fact in fact this can be before you enter the mosque hear the adhan you may be outside yet you're going to hear the adhan and come so when you hear the adhan then what do you say the adhan we know is a virtuous act of worship the adhan itself is a virtuous act of worship there are specific words that have to be said for the adhan and there are great virtues and great benefits and great rewards mentioned about the adhan. So it is mentioned in a hadith in al-Bukhari. Hadith of Abu Sa'id in al-Khudri. Radiyallahu anhu qal. Samaitu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul. لا يسمع مدى صوت المؤذن جن ولا إنس ولا شيء إلا شهد له يوم القيامة that as far as the voice of the مؤذن goes whatever he is that مؤذن making the adhan every person Jinn, everything, rocks and trees and stones. As far as his voice goes, everyone, jinn, humans, rocks, trees, that hear that adhan, they will testify for that mu'addin on the day of They will testify for that mu'addin on the day of judgment. Animals included. People, jinn, rocks. Please, animals, as far as your voice goes, who hears you, they will all testify for that person on the day of judgment. And that's why also we know in the sunnah that the mu'addin is supposed to raise his voice in making the adhan. One of the sunan of the adhan is to raise the voice when making the adhan so that the people there become aware of the announcement for prayer and also because as far as your voice reaches all of them will testify for you on the day of judgment. Also another hadith in al-Bukhari and Muslim about the adhan the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لو يعلم الناس ما في النداء والصف الأول ثم لم يجدوا إلا أن يستهموا عليه لاستهموا 
ولو يعلمون ما في التهجير لاستبقوا إليه ولو يعلمون ما في العتمة والصبح لأتوهما ولو حبوا In this narration the Prophet said if people knew what was in the Adhan meaning the virtues of the Adhan if people knew the rewards of the Adhan and the first row then they even if they couldn't find a space on the first row they would draw lots to get spaces on the first row and if they knew about the rewards and the virtue of coming to the Dhuhr prayer early or any prayer early then they would compete to make sure they get here early and if only they knew of the reward of the Isha and the Fajr prayer they would come even if they were crawling along to get here so this narration at the beginning highlights if the people knew of the reward and the virtue of the Adhan along with all of the other things mentioned similarly in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu qal idha nudiya lissalati adbara shaytanu lahu dhurat That, oh no, حَتَّى لَا يَسْمَعُ التَّأْذِينَ فَإِذَا قُضِيَ التَّأْذِينَ أَقْبَلَ فَإِذَا ثُوِّبَ بِالصَّلَاةِ أَدْبَرَ أي إذا أقيمت الصلاة فإذا قضي التثويب أقبل حتى يخطر بين المرء ونفسه ويقول اذكر كذا اذكر كذا لما لم يكن يذكر حتى يظل الرجل لا يدري كم صلى in this hadith it mentions that when the adhan is done, the shaitan flees. When the adhan is being done, the shaitan flees. Runs away, turns his back so he doesn't hear the adhan. And when the adhan finishes, he comes back. Then when the iqama is being done again, he flees turns his back and runs. And when the iqama is done, he comes back. So after the iqama is done, now it's going to be the prayer that's happening. Comes back now after the iqama is done and tries to whisper to people in the prayer to make them think of all sorts of things that they weren't even thinking about before. Comes and says to the person, Think about such and such, remember such and such, and you hadn't remembered or thought about that thing so long. Not even of importance, and suddenly these thoughts come to your mind. He says, remember this, and think of that, and remember that. And brings all of these different thoughts and ideas to a person until the person forgets how much he has prayed. Forgets what raka'ah he is in. So again, that indicates how the Adhan, it causes the shaitan to flee, to run away. So those are some of the virtues of the Adhan.
Then, if a Muslim hears the Adhan, what are you supposed to say? You are supposed to say exactly what the Mu'addin says. It is mentioned in a hadith in Sahih Muslim and in Al-Bukhari from the hadith of Abu Sa'id in Al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal idha sami'tum al-nida' فَقُولُوا مِثْلَ مَا يَقُولُ الْمُؤَذِّنِ If you hear the adhan, then say, just like what the mu'adhin says, meaning repeat after him. And another narration of Umar ibn al-Khattab in Sahih Muslim clarifies that even more. Because the Prophet said in that narration, إِذَا قَالَ الْمُؤَذِّنِ When the mu'adhin says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Faqala ahadukum. So then one of you says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then the Mu'addin says, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. And then one of you, or all of you, when you're hearing that, you say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. When he says, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, then you say, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. He says, Hayya ala salah. You say, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله حي على الفلاح لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الله أكبر الله أكبر Can you repeat الله أكبر الله أكبر And then لا إله إلا الله You say لا إله إلا الله And in this hadith it says Whoever does that دخل الجنة Enters paradise The one who repeats after the مؤذن repeats the wordings of the Adhan that he enters paradise for repeating after the Mu'addin those great words. The only one that you can see where you change it is what? Hayya ala salah because what do you say? La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah why do you say that? Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. What does it mean? Come to the prayer, come to victory, come to success. How are you going to come? By the permission of Allah, by the aid of Allah, by the might and majesty and power and decree of Allah. That's how you're going to be able to come. And that's what it means. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no might, no power except by Allah. So you cannot come to the mosque except by the might and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowing you that ability to come to the masjid. In the narration it says, Whoever repeats after the Mu'addin, min qalbi dakhal al-jannah. Whoever repeats after the Mu'addin, all of that, from his heart, enters paradise. Take note of that wording. Whoever repeats all of that, from his heart, enters paradise. From his heart means that you must do it all upon 
sincerity. Not as a Sheikh al mentioned, people do think robotic. Not even thinking about anything. What things just saying it? You're just saying Not even thinking about which line you're saying or what you're saying. Just repeating what he's saying because you know you have to repeat. You're just repeating, repeating, not even thinking. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. You're not even thinking what it's meaning and what it's talking about. Just saying it without any focus, no nothing. That isn't the way. Focus on what the Imam is saying. Repeat the words with your sincerity and understanding and focus. Then that person enters paradise. Then there is another hadith. That when you hear the Mu'addin saying that Adhan, that you should then say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, wa anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, raditu billahi rabban, wa bi muhammadin rasoolan, وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا غُفِرَ لَهُ ذَنْبٌ That whoever says that, I am pleased with Allah as my Lord and with Muhammad as my messenger and with Islam as my religion then غُفِرَ لَهُ ذَنْبُهُ His sin will be forgiven. His sin is forgiven. The one who repeats that or says that upon hearing the Adhan. This is going to be after the Adhan. Uh, it is mentioned, وَهُوَ صَرِيحُ بِأَنَّ السَّامِعْ يَقُولُ ذَلِكَ بَعْدَ جَوَابِ الْمُؤَذِّنِ عَلَى الشَّهَادَةِ some of the narrations they indicate to say that رَضِيْتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّنَ etc. After أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَشْهَدُ أَنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ And you say it. That's what some narrations say. After the shahada attained part of the adhan, you repeat that and then you add this then. But others, they mention that actually it is mustahab to say this at the end. يُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمِ بَعْدِ انْتِهَاءِ الْأَذَانِ أَنْ يُصَلِّيَ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَأَنْ يَسْأَلَ اللَّهَ لَهُ الْوَسِيلَةِ In fact, at the end, it's a different dua. Now, the other one that we're going to mention, you all know. That one there, the Sheikh mentions, it is actually said after the Shahadatain. He mentions it is said after the Shahadatain. Because there is one wording of the Hadith which actually clearly says that. Hadith of Abu Awana, Man qala hina yasma'u al-mu'addin ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, qala ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, raditu billah. When you hear the Mu'addin say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, so then you repeat, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, 
after the repeating of the shahada, then you add on Raditu Billahi Rabbanu that section added on there. That's what this narration indicates and that's what the Shaykh says. That three lines Raditu Billahi Rabban Wabil Islami Deenan Wabi Muhammad Nabiyan those three are mentioned at that section uh, after the Shahada. But then at the end then there is another dua which is mentioned and that dua at the end إِذَا سَمِعْتُمُ الْمُؤَذِّنَ فَقُولُوا مِثْلَ مَا يَقُولُ When you hear the Mu'addin making the adhan then say whatever he says exactly like that ثُمَّ صَلُّوا عَلَيَّ Then pray upon me فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ صَلَّ عَلَيَّ صَلَاةً صَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ بِهَا عَشَرًا Whomsoever prays upon me sends the salutations upon me then Allah sends ten times upon him then ask Allah for that means to be from me. Because it is a position in paradise that is not suitable except for a servant from the servants of Allah. And I hope that I would be him. So whomsoever asks for that wasila for me, then the shafa'a will be upon him and for him on that day. So what is that? Allahumma rabba hadhi da'wati al-tamma wa salati al-qa'ima ati muhammadan al-wasila wal-fadila wa ba'athu maqaman mahmuda al-lazhi wa'attah Then حَلَّتْ لَهُ شَفَاعَةِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامِ That a person who makes this dua, then he will have the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of judgment. He will have the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of judgment. So that is the dua you should say at the end. اللهم رب هذه الدعوة التامة all of that which has been mentioned now. The prayer that is about to be established. Give Muhammad the wasila and the fadila, that virtue. And raise him upon that elevated position that you have promised him. Then whoever makes this dua, then that person, he will be applicable for my intercession on the Day of Judgment. Also, there is a hadith of Anas ibn Malik that the Prophet said, لا يرد الدعاء بين الأذان والإقامة That the dua is not rejected if it is done between Adhan and the Iqamah. Adhan is done, then the Iqamah is going to be done in between. There's a gap. A gap. You're supposed to leave at least enough gap for somebody to be able to pray two raka'at. So there's a gap going to be between the Adhan and the Iqamah. So in that gap, make dua. It is the time of dua. In the hadith it mentions your dua is not rejected. 
It is not rejected from the one who makes it during that gap between the Adhan and the Iqamah. That brings us to the end of the section regarding the mosque, coming to the mosque, Adhan, Iqamah, that section and the du'as related to it. The next section is going to be, we're moving along chronologically, so you're coming to the mosque, you've heard the adhan, all those du'as we've done, the next thing you're going to do is actually pray. So then it's going to mention some of the du'as that you can read during the prayer. Some of the du'as that you can read during the prayer. And one of those is right at the beginning of the prayer. Because when you say Allahu Akbar, and you start praying, what's the first thing you begin? What's the first thing you have to begin? A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Just do that and pray. Is your prayer valid? Valid. But you missed out the beginning like subhanak Allahumma bihamdika. You missed that out. Is your prayer valid? Valid. That beginning part is a sunnah. And there are different versions of what you can say at that beginning part. Most people have memorized subhanak Allahumma bihamdika. That one most people know. There are others too. There are others you can read. So that is the section we'll begin with next time. Regarding those other du'as, you can also read at the beginning of the prayer. When you start the prayer. Uh, any questions up to what we've done so far now? Then? The light would generally be that guidance and success, salvation, light that guides you to the truth, keeps you upon the truth, that is light. Light for the guidance, that you be upon a sirat al-mustaqim, be upon the straight pathway, light in front of you, behind you, within you, that you're guided and upright upon the religion, that is the meaning of light. Yeah, I mean those, Allah alam, if there's a particular wording that is established and one isn't, but otherwise, both of the wordings are indicative of a similar meaning. Rasul is obviously superior level to Nabi. Because every Nabi, I mean every Rasul is a Nabi. But not every Nabi is a Rasul. So in terms of the superior wording, Rasul is the superior wording. But Allah alam, which one is exactly mentioned in the wording of the Hadith? Or if indeed both are mentioned? believe as far as I know you can double check the wordings that's the only way to find out that Nabi is mentioned also no, it was the same order the hadith radhitu billahi rabban oh no I mean this narration this is the narration in Sahih Muslim Raditu billahi rabban wa bi Muhammadin rasulan and then bil islami deena. That's the narration of Muslim. It mentions a rasul in that narration. If there is a narration of Nabi, and as far as I recall there is, but we have to check again 
there is a wording for Nabi also. The general rule for prayer is that women pray the same way as men pray. That is the general rule. Women pray as men pray. People they talk about you have to have some differences and you have to do this and they have to be closed rather than open and all these types of things. But the general rule is that women pray as the men pray. That's the general overall rule the scholars have mentioned. Women pray upon the description that we know about them. All these others, then they say, but women have to do this and have to do that in different just talking about why which evidence has shown this difference has been Yeah, this is mentioned in many a hadith also. When praying in Jama'ah, it is from the Sunnah of the Prophet to make sure that the rows are straight and that they are joined. There's no gaps in the rows. There's no few people standing together, a big gap, then another couple of people, then a gap, then another couple of people. Everybody's tight next to each other side by side. No gaps in between. And that the row is straight. And there are narrations, there are hadith about this. This isn't just something made up. There are hadith in Sunan Nabi Dawood, other places, about the Prophet telling them to straighten the rows. As you hear the Imam saying, these are wordings taken from the hadith. Stow meaning pull up. And i'tadilu, similar thing like to pull up and balance up the row, make it straight, not crooked. And then also sometimes you hear uh, um, you know this about uh, there's another narration where it says join together so that your hearts do not separate. So that your hearts do not separate. Together, side by side, lined up, not big gaps between you and the next person. Be together so that your hearts are united as well in the prayer. There's lots of hadith. There's one example from, I think, Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu, maybe Uthman. On one occasion when he was the imam in his khilafah, he was about to lead the prayer. The iqamah had been done. Everybody was standing up. And he sent somebody, go and check all of the rows. So that person went to check all of the rows. Whilst that person was gone checking all of the rows, Umar ibn Khattab, I think it was Umar ibn Khattab, عنه, was having a conversation with one of the people in the first row. They were talking about some fiqh issue. Having a discussion about some fiqh issue, that person was asking Umar ibn Khattab about some rulings. And they were just there talking, waiting for this person to go through all of the rows to make sure they're all straight. When the man finally said, yes, they're straight, then Umar ibn Khattab said to that person, okay, line up. And then he went and did the prayer. They would wait. Imagine just stood there waiting. And he says in the hadith, he was stood there and he was just uh, uh, flicking some pebbles with his foot and just talking to this person, waiting. Wait until the rows are straight and checked. Then lead the prayer. That's what the imam is supposed to do. It's a big mistake, Shaykh of Amin says, now the imams, they just, when they're going to lead the prayer, stow, stow, Allahu Akbar. They haven't checked anything. They don't know if anybody has straightened anything up. 
They just say the words and Allahu Akbar. It's not just like a, a, some process, a procedure. You say the words, and then Allahu Akbar. You say that because you actually need everybody to straighten up. And then you check and make sure. Have a look as well and look around and tell somebody. Not just as some imams in some mosques now, iqamah's done. They get to the mic, Allahu Akbar. They haven't even looked around once. Don't even know if, all, if it's all bent or what. So they're just doing it as a procedure. It's not a procedure. You say that to tell people to line up. And you check like we do in Jum'ah. Every week, all through the rows, check everything. Then come and lead the prayer. So that is part of the sunnah to do that. It's a mistake to be at a gap. Leave gaps. There are narrations if you leave gaps. How the shaitan comes in between those gaps. So you should be side by side. Brother to brother. Sisters next to each other. Lined up. Hearts united. Rows connected and joined. That is the way of the sunnah. That's how it's explained. Join the feet. There are narrations about that. Ankle to ankle. Your ankle can be next to the ankle of the person next to you. Joined and your shoulder joined. So you are together. And that is one of the ways of making the row straight. If you put your ankle next to the ankle of the person next to you. And your shoulder next to his shoulder. Then that will be one of the ways to be able to line up straight. If you are at a gap. You might be slightly behind where he is, slightly in front where he is. But you put your ankle next to his ankle and shoulder next to his shoulder, you're going to be side by side. And the next person does the same thing, he'll be side by side. And you carry on, everybody is exactly side by side. That's one of the ways of making the row straight. Alright, we'll round off on that for this week. Inshallah ta'ala, carry on next week at the same time, approximately 7 p.m. Inshallah ta'ala. صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه